Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, guys, welcome in. We got my man, John Party, on number 154 of the Flow Show. Welcome, John. How are you feeling, man? Good, Jeff. You know, 154 is my favorite number. Is it really perfect? I mean, I, I can't say we planned that, but we have been talking about, <laughs> about coming on for a while to do this. You just someplace. did your research. You just yeah. did your research. and then... I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we got it going. So tell me a little bit. How are you? What's going on? You're fresh off the WSOP punters pad as well. We're going we're gonna to dive into a lot of stuff, but I just want to get the fresh, the most recent. How was that? What was that like being in Vegas and, and playing some events and being with the boys and having a, a you know, very cool? I like, the, I like the alliteration. I like the deal, the punters pad. Tell me a little bit about that. Hunter's Pad was fun. It was almost like a, it was almost like a, a thirst lounge feely spinoff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You had just a bunch of characters in the house trying to figure it out, playing some poker, doing some lifestyle stuff. Um, it was also the first time the whole ACR team uh, has got together as well. So it was nice to meet people, I guess, colleagues and people I've been working with uh, for the last little while. Um, WSOP was fun. Uh, we had some runs. It was the WSOP of uh, min caches for me. You know what I mean? Some big stacks in day one and then some early exits in day twos. Um, but a great experience. This is my first series. I've I've played almost an entire schedule, not like the uh, the big boys, but within the uh, within the role. So that was cool. Um, I actually met met a girl while I was down there as well. So got a little uh, got a girlfriend as well. Uh, so after I left WSOP, I went to LA. Um, not LA, California. I keep forgetting they're two different uh, two different things. Right? Yeah. No, <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. so went there. Met her family for Thanksgiving, um, and now I am back in snow filled Clarenville, Newfoundland. I'm in the middle of a blizzard for two days, and she is coming here uh, for Christmas. Actually, um, wow. Nice. Damn. So moving yeah. quick. You guys are hitting the holiday. And, Jeff, and you know moving. how I do it. Listen, when I'm in, I'm in, buddy. When, I, when I'm in, I love I'm it. In, I'm you're, in. You come, you're pot committed. I love that. So I'll, always. Sometimes, um, sometimes it's you know, a little too little too much pot committed, but. I, I like it. Well, Party, you got to get us to retweet. Let it, let the people know we're live. We got a giveaway right as well. Out. We do have a giveaway, guys. We're going to give away a ticket at the end of the stream. So that is exciting. And you are eligible. We're going we're gonna to try to cover Look at all these people. They want to know, Party. Look at all this action here. There's What's going on? on? I can't hold on. I'm tweeting out. I'm tweeting all right, out. All right. Ooh, we'll take a quick pause. Welcome in, everyone. This is number 154. We got John Party. Um, we got a lot to cover and very exciting. High energy guy. Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to have some fun today. So let me... Let me. I uh, four I like cups that. of coffee in them right now. Yeah, we each have our coffee. We're, we're matched <laughs> up. We're going. We're going cup for cup, and we're going to be. We're going to be covering a lot of things. So, uh, punter's pad was good. Relationship. Congrats. That's exciting. That's Thank nice. You. That's nice to. Uh, that's nice. That's running good. Like that's part of poker. I think one of the things teaches you is variance in life. Maybe you min cash. You didn't. You know, no bracelet, but you, you found. You know, true love, and that's important. That's hard. That's worth a lot. That's a lot. That's of, life, buddy. That is life. That's that's what it's all about. Um, right. Quickly, I want to make sure everyone knows. Give them a follow on there. You go Twitter, Instagram, and we're gonna we're gonna look at some of the the social stuff. I know you said you got a YouTube channel gonna be humming and revving up coming up here, but uh, let's dive. The hair, you see the hair in that those Instagram photos? That was pretty sick flow. Let me see what you got going there. Look at yeah, those. Look at, look at that. Wow, look at that. Is you got some serious? There's some real right? content there, man. This is this is this. you what do you prefer? Are you Instagram or Twitter? What's your social go? Um, I'm I'm more of a more of a Twitter guy just because it's far easier to uh, fire off a few uh, characters than it is to make my ugly ass look good in a photo. You know what I mean? And put it up. Uh, <laughs> 
It's more work. Yeah, so it's easier just yeah, you can rattle off a reply or a if thing, I yeah. had like a personal photographer who you know what I mean and an editor maybe mm. I'd probably get I'd probably get more into the Instagram game. But uh, I enjoy that, flicking through Instagram more. Is that on the radar? Is that something for John Party in the future? Do you feel like are you are you loving content? Are you in Pokey One Big Brother too? Congrats, pretty sick. I think was one hundred. We're gonna be covering that. That's very interesting. Um, and we're going to definitely talk about that, but is that something like in the poker space? Like, are you finding, do you enjoy playing more or content or a mixture? It's definitely a mixture. I love, I love being like, my true love is being in front of the camera. Um, I love, I love performing. I love making people laugh, love creating, uh, content. Um, I think I'm still trying to find kind of my niche here, like in the poker world. Um, I do. I like poker a lot. Like, remember back in the third time you did that video, like, do I love poker? And I, mm-hmm. I was kind of struggling with that. I'm not sure if I love poker. I love the ideas around poker. I love learning new things. Um, I love I love competing. Um, but but is it like a love for me? The game? I'm not sure. So I think we're still trying to figure that out. Um, I'm enjoying where we are right now. It's been a, like I've been saying, I've been playing for three or four years. So it's been a very accelerated um, entrance. Uh, into the world so far so we're still trying to find our space uh, but i hope 2020 we can uh nail some things down find some uh major focuses and uh make a little noise a little coming out year you know what i mean i love it 2022 it does feel it's on the horizon it's big this the world's been a little it's been a little wild the last two years it's kind of been you know it's been it's been i don't know how to describe it it's different so yeah i think everyone's kind of jockeying for position getting life organized maybe buying new new hobbies new new kind of I look at it as like a FOMO pause because for me personally, there's so many, you know, it's like this tournament. Events, and yeah. It's kind of like, all right, everyone's at home. No one's had been really doing much. You get to kind of focus, relax, regroup, reset, and hopefully get organized and, and come out firing. So it sounds like you know, you're, you're kind of ready to turn it up. And, and I think some- we're, I think we're on the right path. And like you said, the first, the first year of COVID was, well, obviously the first year last time with ACR, well, this past year. So it's been a very, uncertain year of trying to stream trying to get to the states to play a little live maybe start vlogging um so it's it it was difficult year obviously mentally for i I think anyone in the world when i guess life comes to an ultimate halt like you said um so this coming year i think we're i think we have some things in place i think we've done some good work in the past five six months uh to set ourselves up for success um and i think that's one of the things i've been lacking my whole life too it's always been you know you do enough i always did enough to kind of get by to to keep going like this um but hopefully we've put enough uh time in off the felt and off stream uh with the mental health and uh with with the poker game to to really step into our own this year well you know let's back let's let's back it up we're kind of we're going to go all over the place but let's just take it back to the to the roots so where you grew up and then poker was not your this was a more recent endeavor, correct? This was not, you are not playing for 10, 15 years. I think you found it, you know, after even this big brother success. So maybe tell me a little bit about any of your hockey aspirations and yeah. a pretty damn good hockey player growing was, up. And yeah. some would debate that. I feel, I feel some would yeah. debate that. But. I just, I'm going off of, <laughs> off of instinct and, and feeling with that. I don't know anything about, you know, juniors or nationals or where you were at or what happened, but yeah, tell me a little about growing up and then, you know, what you did and then how big brother came about, I guess, just kind of take us, Take us there, and then we'll 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 pick up kind of the poker yeah. and, and and everything recently. So but let's, growing let's up, it was it was sports. I didn't do anything but sports. It was hockey, volleyball, uh, basketball. Um, that was consistent. It was school during the week, and every single weekend it was one of those sports um, that we'd um, 
we'd be traveling for. Uh, so my whole life, hockey was the number one. That's all I ever wanted to be. Um, eat, breathe, lived, ate. Like it was all I did was hockey. All I thought about was hockey. Uh, we ended up making a, a decent run at it. We played our junior hockey up in Quebec with the Ramouski Oceanic, um, same team that uh, Sidney Crosby uh, played for, played his junior hockey. And so I got to come back. He came back each summer when we started our training camp. So it was before the NHL camp started. So it was yeah. cool to get to skate with, well, I guess arguably the best the best that's ever done it. Um, he made us look pretty silly a few times. I'll never forget. We were doing this drill where on both the outside face-off dots, there'd be two lines, and the coach would stand in the middle with the puck, and he'd fire the puck in, and however many times he blew the whistle, that's how many players went from each line and battled for the puck and tried to score. Yeah. So I was in the front of one line, and I heard kind of the boys start tapping their sticks and stuff, and I was like, oh, what's going on? Looked over, and there was Sid at the front of the other line. So the boys were having a grand laugh, you know what I mean? Me versus Crosby. So the coach dumped it in. Um, he blew the whistle once, so me and Sid went one-on-one. Sid got the uh, puck in the corner. I went after him, tried to hit him. He slipped it, put the puck through my legs, came out from the corner between his legs, and, and he roofed it. So that's a cool little uh, – what age, what age is that? I was 17. He was 21, maybe. Okay. All right. So, he, so this he, was still his first three years. He was, he was already – was he basically – I mean, he was obviously a superstar in his own – like oh, at that yeah. time. Was he already playing? Where was he playing then? Or he was, was playing about? in Pittsburgh. I think it was going back for his third season. So oh, I think so that was he, was, the uh, he was in the league already. Oh, yeah. He was. He only came back for the training camp before Pittsburgh uh, okay, started okay, up, right? Okay. So it was um, – that was pretty cool. And after that, uh, we – during my junior stint, we went a little bit back between the Quebec Major Junior, which is like the top tier, and the uh, Maritime Junior League, which is like one step under – um and then when i was too old to play that we went down to huntsville alabama um that's where i finished my career we had a shoulder surgery uh, my shoulder popped out during a fight uh down there one of my first games got shoulder surgery came back uh within five or six games the same shoulder popped out again and then we couldn't get any clearance to uh no clearance to play hockey anymore and what's bizarre is that when the doctor told me i couldn't play anymore I never, I never laced my skates up again. That was the last time I ever stepped on the ice, ever played hockey, um, and never, ever, never went back to it. I think it was the the realization that that competitive and that dream was over. It was, uh, it was shattering for someone who kind of didn't want to do anything else, didn't really know anything else. Like that's all I, that's all I wanted to do. So for that to come to an end, I was kind of in a position of of loss. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, where, what direction I wanted to go, and. And yeah, so I mean, I similar in some respects because I played soccer through college and that yeah, was okay. also kind of the, the dream for a while. And that was my main passion. And I kind of realized, you know, right around that time when I got there, it was just like, that was it. And I found poker actually. So it was a smooth transition where I was Did just you like, find I poker, like when you were still playing soccer. Yeah, yeah I was in high school. I found it and I was like a sophomore in high school, kind of in the peak of my you know, sophomore, junior. But then like in college, I went to South Carolina and I was, you know, on the team and all of a sudden after like freshman year, I was just so immersed in poker and loved it. And I, and that's when I realized I wasn't going to be going pro and even kind of learning a bit more about money and like the MLS. Like there was a guy, there was, so for, I'm from Michigan, played on the okay. Michigan Wolves. We were like state champs, top four in the country. Right. I was, you know, it was a legit team and the team yeah. above us was the best team in the country. And they were, so we would scrimmage them all the time. They were like the one year older Michigan Wolves. And okay. then there was this kid who, Jacob Peterson, who was like, world beater like he was like unreal like the sickest ever and he went he played indiana won national championships in college and then he went to the mls and that's his like contract starting contract i saw and stuff and i was like man like 
just wasn't much money. And even like to make it, he was in the U S soccer is just so behind Europe. Right. So it's like, yeah. I'm kind of like lost that dream of it, but I'm not trying to say, Oh, I chose not to go pro. I, I also on top of that realized I was just not going to be yeah, going also pro. disclaimer without the surgeries, I still probably wouldn't have got to the level that, yeah. but, <laughs> right? so, so, but like, I guess my question for you is when you, when you sort of, uh, when that was that, do you think like looking back, were you a guy that was, you know, in the gym every day, were you doing your best? Were you kind of partying and like giving it your half effort, like talented uh, physically, but maybe, or, or did you, you know, go all out and do trainers and do the extra stuff and practice every day? What was your sort of work ethic? And, we, and it, it was a, every single day I was either on the ice or in the gym. Um, I had a trainer here in Clarenville. He actually owns a gym here in Clarenville and in St. John's. So for me to get extra training, what I would do, I'd train with him here in Clarenville three days a week. And then three days a week, I'd drive two hours in with him, jump in with his class there, and then drive out uh, again in the evening. So it was every single day we were on the go. Um, it was it, it was intense, but it was something that I fell in love with. And I knew that if I wanted to continue a career with the thing that I loved, I needed to put uh, in the work to do it. So we were definitely, I think, in the gym more than most. Um, I think we, we took it more serious than most. Um, but again, the, the the small percentage of people who who get there. And again, I was I fought more than I more than I played. Um, we used to chuck the bad boys a little bit. And when I was coming up through and reaching the peaks of my career, they were kind of taking the fighting out of hockey. So at, at that point, it was it was more of a I didn't want it to be the reality, but I knew that it was coming to an end, no matter how it came to an end. Very interesting. Very very interesting. So and you then after hockey. You know, this is probably a bit of a, you know, what, what were you like? Because you were actually for a while, I was playing like, oh, I'm going to maybe play pro or, you know, do something with hockey. So what what was like, what were you like thinking you were going to do? Did you did you go to college? Did you go to school? Did you, yeah. what, what did you do after hockey? I was always through the junior ranks. Um, you usually continue with your high school in your first few years of university. So I did everything online. Like I've never, I've never, well, I did physically go after my hockey career, but it was always online. I did my grade 11, grade 12, all online. Uh, and first two years of university online as well while pursuing the hockey dream. Um, so after hockey was over, both my parents are teachers. So I said, why not follow suit? Went to school. Um, we're getting our education degree. Um, and that was going to be the plan. Looking back now, I think it would have been very miserable. Um, teaching, it wasn't really something I ever, oh, I guess it was something I could see myself doing, but it was never a passion, never a love. It was more so my parents did it. Why not do it too? And, and, go through the same kind of journey they did. Um, so that's kind of where I wasn't happy with it. I also um, had some had some problems with substance abuse after my first shoulder surgery. Um, so got gave me a bunch of Percocets and that, that kind of started that whole um, entanglement there. But I was actually writing my finals um, in one of my last years before my education, uh, before the faculty uh, of education started. And I got a call for, was actually Big Brother. Um, and when they called me in the middle of those finals, I walked out of the class, took the call. Um, I looked back in and said, uh, all right, let's do it. And then never, never went back to school again after that. <laughs> and, and, and tell me, so big brother then, like, did, how did this come in your lap? Was this something you were just like, I got to do this. Did you watch big brother one? Was this I something never, you, loved? you just never watched it in my life? I had never watched an episode. It was my little sister's birthday. And she asked for her birthday. If I could put in an application video for big brother, Canada. So I initially thought as a broke university student, perfect. What a cheap gift. I'll sit down, fire up a video for a few minutes, and then that'll be it. 
So I sat down. We were in pretty good shape at the time. We peeled off the jersey, sat down on the coffee table. She fired up her iPad, and we just kind of did the whole, like, yo, I'm John. Big Brother's so cool. I'd be so much fun, that kind of thing. Um, so she sent in everything. I just did the video. She sent in my likes, my dislikes. She filled out the whole application form, sent it in. I got a call about two weeks later of them saying, hey, John, like we, we really want you to come on the show. And I was like... <laughs> No, I was like, that was a, that was my little sister's kind of thing. Like, I appreciate you guys. Uh, wish y'all the best, but that's not really, not really my shtick. Um, so they were like, okay, like, we're sorry to hear that, but, but we understand whatever. So a month or two went by and that's when I was sitting in my finals and they called again and they said, John, we, la- like, we really want you to come on this show for this season. It started in like a month, like less than a month. So I was like, you know what? All right, let's do it. That's when I was in the middle of the finals. Obviously, the final prep wasn't as good as it should have been. You know what I mean? We probably would have powered the finals out. Um, So what had actually happened was a guy who was supposed to be on my season about three weeks to a month before the show was supposed to air got hit by a car, Um, fractured a bunch of his, his pelvis in a bunch of places, broke his legs, so he couldn't go on the show. So that's when they were like, oh, my God, we need someone. Let's try to call John again. So No way. You, technically, you were a, a fill-in? Fill-in. So what wow. they expected after I talked to the producers, too, like they I got off the show, and I was like, what was the biggest surprise? Like that you guys were like, one, you were an alternate pretty much. And they were like, two, we had no idea that you were actually smart. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'll, I'll take that backhanded compliment, I guess. Wow. Wow. That's pretty crazy. So, so not, you were you were not scheduled to be on. They wanted you on, but you were just not that interested. And then you come on, and then then what happens? Like when at what point did you go from like ah, this is like when you when you then entered when you said okay, I'm actually going. They they booked you. You're like officially on the show. Were you excited or were you kind of like the same feeling, just like ah, I was, whatever? I was, ner- I was excited. I was excited and I was a little bit nervous. My old man. Now you obviously know too. We got we we sometimes don't have much of a filter. You know what I mean? What what comes up here comes right out. So my dad was saying right before i went on he's like please don't he goes you're gonna say something stupid it's gonna be all over the place you're never gonna be able to work again uh that kind of stuff so that was what made me nervous i'd slip up say something stupid that right would because people get especially with social media nowadays you you slip up at all and it's that cancel where it's like you're done there's no coming back from it um so my family was very worried about that i was fortunate enough to not have any slip-ups and Shout out to Big Brother gave me an amazing edit uh, as well um, during the show. But it was uh, it was a few weeks of lead up where I didn't really know what to expect. I knew that I was going from I also didn't know the magnitude of the show and how many people would be watching here in Canada. So um, I was a small town kid who played hockey, traveled a bit for hockey, but was ultimately unknown living with his parents back in Newfoundland right now um, to a nationally televised TV show that was number one the whole time it was on TV here in Canada. Um, so even after the show, it was a huge culture shock to go from nothing to in a house, complete seclusion, complete isolation for 71 days to then getting out and can't really walk down the street, downtown Toronto without people stopping in pictures and, and that kind of stuff. Like we came home here in Newfoundland and there was like cars, we would be, cars would stop in the middle of the road, jump out for like pictures, couldn't go into any malls and stuff here in Newfoundland. So it was the biggest, it was the biggest barometer shift in, in notoriety, I guess that you can almost experience. It was almost like an overnight, what it felt like an overnight change. Those videos go viral and you, and, and how long was the actual show? How long did it take from when you walked into when you, when you finished? 71 days. Oh, so and, yeah. And I'm, 
And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Big Brother. We don't we don't see any other faces besides the other 14 contestants. Um, if we were in the back and there were like film crews that were doing like our challenges, they would be in full like ninja gear. They would just have their eyes like this. They have the ski masks on, all black. Uh, anytime we did diary rooms, it was just us. It was us speaking to a camera and a mic. Like that was it. So we didn't see 71 days, no music, no TV, no cell phones. Um, didn't know what time it was ever in the day. They'd put us to sleep when they wanted, wake us up when they wanted. Like well, there was a time when we were all like we were partying and stuff like that. And big brother sent us to bed. Like they'll be like house guests now time for bed. So we went to our rooms. They woke us up about 55 minutes to an hour later. And I remember my parents were watching the live streams and we all woke up and we were like, wow, like we feel so refreshed. Like big brother must let us sleep in. Like that was, that was pretty sick. And my parents were like, you, you guys slept for literally no longer than an hour that night. <laughs> wow. That's it was, yeah. It's, it's, and the edits are crazy. Cause like survivor, big brother, these shows, these reality type shows, they can really, you know, it's just like anything, like that's what happens in the media. Whether you give an interview, you could take a blip or a context or a segment and like make someone kind of look however, which way. So is, it was that, I mean, that's worrisome. You said they did a nice edit for you, but they can kind of make someone the villain or the, they, they, they kind of build characters. So, so what was that like? And, and how do you think you got a fair shake, but do you know some other people that, that definitely really upset? the biggest thing I learned, Jeff, is that they can't put words in your mouth and they can't air something you didn't say or didn't do. You know what I mean? So if you if you say something or you slip up or you have a stance that's maybe not aligned with either societal society's views or like the house views or production's views, they can definitely spin that and they can ask certain questions in the diary room to have other people kind of trash talk you or trash talk your stance, that kind of thing. Um, I got I got lucky. I um now obviously I, I don't think I'm I'm a bad guy or I'm not like an idiot and stuff like that, but they definitely gave me like a Canada's sweetheart. Um, kind of edit. You're very conscious as well of initially, especially the camera has like, I mean, the house has about 87, I think cameras or something built into yeah. the house. So there's no, there's, there's no dead zones. Like in the bathroom, there was a camera on the roof pointing right down, like on the toilet. Like there was not one spot in that house that wasn't able to be filmed. Really? The bathroom and the showers and everything, the bathroom, everything. Wow. And it's also too, it's like they do live feeds 24 seven. So big brother is a lot harder to cut because you have, there's three live episodes every week with survivor. They film it months ago. So they already know how the season ends starts and ends. And then they edit the show to meet that storyline and big Brother's storyline can change from week to week. So I think it's a hard production job as well. Trying to put together a story, follow a story when the game is changing, players change all the time. Like they kind of counted me out for the first four weeks like not a whole lot of air time like in the background and then a shift happened where i started winning some competitions canada started to like me the other alliance kind of fell apart and they kind of had no choice but to start running with the with the john storyline so, so how does it work with i mean you got young what, what's the age range and people there it's what like i, I think 19 is the youngest we've ever had and 58 might be the oldest, but there's no, as long as you're legal, I think legal drinking age, you can, yeah. you can play. So like in the U S they've had a bunch of people who were like late sixties, like one guy, early seventies. How does, so how does it work? Like, I mean, are people hooking up? Like, is it like they air it? Like how, like, is it like, you know, what, what goes like two months in a cake cooped up in a house? And I'm sure there's a lot of yeah testosterone and people are, you know, it's fun. They, they obviously have interesting characters that are, that are charismatic and fun. And like, you know, I'm sure everyone's kind of meshing and having a good time. So how does that work? 
there's been times uh there's been times where people have been caught like hooking up on camera and stuff because like i said the cameras don't turn off yeah. you can pay to watch 24 7 so whatever you do is going to get caught on camera either yeah. by the producers or the people watching uh watching at home it's not it's not like a real world or like a challenge kind of vibe though because like they they like it's a constant kind of thing um hooking up in the big brother house is not really a thing it's more about the um the the gameplay and the and the strategic aspect of it um but it does happen uh, it has happened and and i assume like you said the t- testosterone and the uh the hormones are definitely raging after even three or four days in there you, you right. yeah you figure out how nice it is to uh do what you want when you want when you're outside the house <laughs> yeah it's got to be a little crazy having a camera on you i mean you, you forget about it i'm sure really quick too you just kind of like you're like wow it's a little weird you're looking around and by like day whatever you're just kind of like oh it's here and you don't even notice it and you well, get big, what big brother does is they put us in the house a week before they turn the live feeds on just so we can get accustomed to how we need to operate in front of the cameras um so i don't know if you really forget that they're there but you're not conscious of how you're acting because you're already in such a vibe where you know they're there and that's just your reality now right and when did you think you could actually win because you get in there and it's what 12 people or tw- how many uh what? 16 16 so not not a not not a not a shoe in for anyone to win a lot of luck a lot of whatever a lot of luck but obviously just like great poker players you know you create your own luck and you find good spots and opportunities and obviously you're, you're a gamesman you're a player and when did you actually believe was it was it clear at a certain point was it like a lock almost or you know you started i think i mean i'm, I'm not a i have seen big brother i know kevin yeah. martin also one just kind of looking second time these. though not his first time his second all right his you're second yeah, time trying we, uh, <laughs> that's true. So, so, there's some stats here but i did read and it's pretty impressive i mean you had like you were winning your veto you did some stuff that was kind of unprecedented or very unusual or just kind of like your record was was very uh strong T- tell me any of these stats that jump out and maybe just give me like through these weeks when did it become evident you were a favorite or really playing in well week five you see there how the uh, hoh it says uh ineligible and it was ineligible because they had that's a week that canada was hoh so it was a big twist in the game where canada now had the power to nominate two people and then evict someone um okay. so that week I won the power of veto, meaning that I won the opportunity to either change Canada's nominations or keep them the same. Obviously, that was my turning point where I was like, all right, Canada, now it's me and you. You know what I mean? Like, this is your week. Let's ride together kind of thing. Um, And from then on out, uh, either myself or the alliance that I had um, won out for the rest of the season. So we didn't have many opportunities or the other side didn't have many opportunities to, um, to take us out. And and which week? So where was it here? Like where kind of towards the end? So start with sixteen, kind of start eliminating one or two a week, or however it does. And then at what point? When was there like an actual uh, like massive like luck? Was it a competition or someone voted a certain way? Where here down the stretch were you like where like where were you confident? Where were you shaky that you would win? Um, Well, I was shaky the entire. It wasn't until week nine or ten that I was like even even when there was four people left you still need so many things to go right i was the only guy there was three other girls left so i knew that if i wasn't winning these last two weeks we won hoh in week nine and then week 10 we couldn't compete so one of the girls won hoh so i knew that i was going on the block i knew mm-hmm. i was getting nominated it was a guarantee and it was actually the first time i was nominated the entire season too it was the last week so i never even hit the block at all till the last week and then the power of veto is the ultimate power. Uh, the power of veto hauls himself off the block and then has the sole vote to evict somebody. Okay. And um, so I ended up winning that power of veto. When I won that veto, that's when I knew I was going to finale night. And um, 
thought I had a chance. And and what is the difference? What how big of a heads up are we playing? Like what for a hundred k versus what? Versus twenty. Now it's a hundred k plus like twenty thousand in flight credits, twenty thousand in furniture stuff. Um, uh, and and like the title, it's almost like winning the main event. You know what I mean? Like like like. I almost view it as like money maker. You know what I mean? Not talented, not good looking, but you know what I mean? Won the main event. So he's marketable. You know what I mean? It's nothing to do, nothing to do with his features or skill. We'll dig at Chris there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's almost the same in big brother. Like I will get more opportunities for first. Right. Than second or third or anyone else in that season would. So I made a lot of money and got a lot of opportunities as well after the show from, from winning as opposed to coming second. But the finale night was kind of, it was kind of wild. Season five, I had this girl, Netta, um, any Big Brother fans in the chat will know Netta. And me and her kind of, it was me and her, like, just like this, inseparable the whole sh- the whole season, you know, ran through the house. And in finale night, it was me and her in the last HOH. Mm. So we obviously had a final two. We were two of the top players left. I'd say final five, final six. Once Arlie went home, uh, we were probably top two. I beat her in the final HOH and then decided to evict her uh, on finale night, take someone who I wasn't close with, who was actually on the other side of the house. Cause I knew that I would, I would win against uh, the girl's name was Sabrina. So I sent home my best friend, my ally, my girlfriend for two years after the show um, sent her home on finale night. And that was uh Still, I think to this day, probably one of the biggest moves that's happened in Big Brother Canada history for sure. And, and how did that affect your guys' relationship moving forward? Are you still friends? Was it like understood as game stuff or was it we, like, wow? We, okay. we dated for about two years after. So we were together. Yeah. So okay, got, got the money and the girl. Jeff, listen, you talked about life run good. We're, <laughs> we're, wow. we're running good since 2008. It's been a good, it's been a good run. But it's Damn. um, but it, but it was she was a huge fan of the game, so I think she respected the move more than anything else. Um, me on the other hand, I for sure would have been salty. You know what I mean? I wasn't a fan of the game. I, I was there. I was there for number one. You would have been dating if it was reversed. No, 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 gone. I would have been back home in Newfoundland my twenty k, and that would have. <laughs> yeah, you moved on. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fast, it's fascinating, man. It's it's just incredible, like to win, you know, to pull this stuff off. It's just you, you know, in poker, how hard it is. You make a final table, even or whatever, and even chip leader or not, you still like you gotta, you, you know, there's there's an advantage to to being a good gamesman and understanding the the, the situation. But it's still there's still so much stuff can happen. So it's just always amazing. I think the people that do win though, they do find a way. They there's there's moments where there is a lot of skill and and spots where you just you know, not everyone's able to, to execute. Exactly, it, it does remind me of poker. Like you said, you, you need a lot of things to go right, but you can also play the game in a way that puts yourself in the best spot to get lucky or to succeed or, or play the odds correctly. Um, so I, I think that's what intrigued me about, about poker as well is that even though you can do everything right, there's, there's still that element element of luck, especially short term. Like if I played if I play Big Brother with those same people 15 times, I'm not winning many times. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's just it's just not realistic. Um, Very interesting. And yeah. and how, did you watch any? I think I asked you earlier, but like once you were realizing you were coming on the show, how much time did you have once you officially run? Because it was like a last second kind of thing. Was it like the next day or a week? A did few you weeks. It was like, it was like three weeks. Did you binge watch season one? Anything? Yes. You to take? Okay. That's exactly what I did. So there was a, but again, I still like you, you can't, it's such a complex, like intricate game that you, it it's, you can't learn it in, 
in a few weeks watching a season back. You need to go back, watch the live feeds. You need to actually know what you're looking for to pay attention to, whether it's conversations, you know, body language, um, not knowing where people are in the house at certain times, noticing who's around you, who's away, where people are. So what Big Brother is also, you don't take a second off. You have to, you're playing the game every single second you're in that house. You have to worry about what you're saying, what you're eating, if you're eating too much food, if you're, are you going to drink that last cup of milk? Because maybe Andrew likes milk and that's going to piss him off. And that's, you know what I mean? So every right. single thing. I had a problem actually too with talking in my sleep. Mm. So it got to the point where the girl that I was working with actually got into bed with me so she could ever wake me up. She heard me talking on a seat. So I talk strategy in my sleep. What? The ent- There's one, of the, one of the producers or crew people who would come in there. And no, say, the girl who I was working with, like my, oh, my wow. partner on the show. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So she wow. came into bed and, w- and would nudge, but, but which it's scary because any, cause I could have let anything slip there. So it was nice to have her to kind of keep me in check uh, in those moments. And I also, what's weird too, I never, once had a dream i dreamed I, I i smoke a bunch so it was one of my first times like being away from weed and stuff like that for that prolonged period of time mm-hmm. so my dreams were just the most vivid dreams all night every single night but i didn't dream about one thing outside the house i didn't dream about one person outside the house every single one of my dreams for 71 days straight was only about big brother and being in that house well wow. did you have a relationship going into the show I did have a relationship going on in the show. It got a little tangly because I think obviously when you're in that, when you're in that confined space for that long, that's your reality. That becomes everything's heightened as well. Your emotions are heightened. Your it's just everything's on another level. So I thought that I fell in love with the girl who was on the show. I didn't act upon that on the show, but like we flirted, we got close, that kind of thing. We never. That's got to be torture for your 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 partner to be watching, right? Oh, like, I can't imagine. It's, it's, it's got to be. Yeah. She came to finale night and we spent the entire finale night end of the night before like my 6 a.m. interviews and stuff. She was just bawling her eyes out. And I was like, I understand. I was like, this is the last thing I would want to be doing after like a big, big brother win. Like is sitting here in bed, listening to your girlfriend cry. Like, but I get it. Um, It was also Jeff. my, My head was so messed up after that show. I didn't know. I didn't. I feel like I accumulated a whole new identity. I didn't know my emotions were all over the place. I had no idea what my next step was, who I was in love with, what was the best move. I, I had no idea. Completely shattered, like any, like mental state. It, it was it was unbelievable to go from the isolation to straight out, and then you had to deal with your ex-girlfriend, think you're in love with this girl that you were on the show. How do you orchestrate it? And all you want to do when you're away from those 14 people is be back with those 14 people. Like It's, it's the most bizarre, like, culty kind of... Yeah. Did you guys have like a group? Did you have a WhatsApp or a chat group or something? To keep oh, yeah. Talking? And, and yeah. we traveled for like a full year just going around Canada visiting each other. Like it was like it was a very it's a wow. weird connection that you're, you're made and you feel like nobody understands how you're feeling or nobody understands what you went through except the people that went through it with you. It's almost like a post-traumatic stress thing where you long to be in that comfort of the people who know what you're going through, who know what you went through. Um, and who are in the same boat. So we did that for about a year, um, flew back and forth to see each other. The one blunder I made was I went, me and my girlfriend decided we were going to take a break just so I could kind of figure my stuff out. And I had an event over in Vancouver and it was with the girl who I was kind of, I was with on the show. Um, So here she was at home in Newfoundland and I didn't know this was going to happen, but that night after our event, me and her were like holding hands or something like that. And ET Canada broke this, broke a story that 
John and Netta from Big Brother Canada season two now dating. So that was the first that my girlfriend from back home, when we were on a break, that was the first she heard of me and Netta being together at all. So that was a, that was a one mistake I made and it was a huge blunder, um, a huge blunder, but, uh, but you live and you learn. And and I, I don't think that's not mistakes were made, but I think I was in a headspace where I couldn't deal with anyone else or anyone else's emotions besides mine. I was so tunnel vision on me doing what I wanted and taking care of my needs and my future that I think some people got caught in the crosshair there. Um, so that, and that was one. Come again. So, so you win this hundred K, you know, it's gotta be, it's a bit overwhelming. I, I saw, I think there was some notes I had where again, correct me if I'm wrong. Something like you had 26 followers on whatever. And now you have 26,000, you know, you are, it's a I big deal. $3,000 in debt. I was 3000 and Jeff, all I wanted to do, my only goal going in, I was like, how sick would it be to collect my stipend, get out of here and have no debt? My $3,000 gone. This was like broke. You know what I mean? College students stuff talking right so other people were in the house with like 40 50 thousand dollars in debt and i was like just get my 3k get my 3k and it's going to be all a success um yeah, it, that's crazy shit man uh yeah to see your bank account go from like minus three thousand to like 97k is the crazy and 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 so what and and then so okay so now you have this money like what looking back on it because i do what you said i think you, i don't know if it was you said you had some struggles already maybe yeah. at this point but now yes you know now you're kind of like in your you're, you're uh, like you said, overnight kind of, you're, you're well-known, you're known in Canada. Yeah. You, you have the success, you get a win, you get some other auxiliary benefits and similar to Twitch or YouTube where people are always like, Oh, how much money you make on Twitch or YouTube? It's like, there's a lot of added benefit, just like auxiliary things that can Without happen in doubt. situations that, that are worse. So it's a big deal. You get it done. You know, what, looking back, what would you have done differently? And then also what, you know, what kind of happened? Did you kind of spiral and, 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 and get kind of just out of control or, you know, tell me about that experience and then what maybe you would do a little differently or give advice to someone who wins big brother in the future. Um, my biggest advice would be realize that you can't live off hundred K a hundred K can come and go real quick, especially if you have no other uh, source of income. Um, so my biggest advice would be, almost try to get back to your normal life or find a way to monetize your newfound publicity quick. Um, so you can have a source of income and you don't have to go through your, your winnings. My biggest mistake was I took about two years off traveled, you know, went around, ran around the world. But another mistake I made, especially as with an addictive personality was after a show like that, a lot of your events are like paid to party. Uh, we did tours across Canada where we do, five stops out of seven days and it'd just be party, go to sleep at 5 a.m., 7 a.m. You're on the road to your next stop, partying again that night. So it was a very slippery slope uh, for a guy like me where that was how I was making my money, but I was also spending that same amount of money within the nights. Um, You know what I mean? So it it made what was underlying and what came to the forefront from my shoulder surgery addiction, it just kind of got on top of that and snowballed. I decided it got to a point where I was living in Toronto. I was running out of money and realized I need to do something. Um, So I went back and I started bartending. Um, So a lot of bad decisions here, Jeff, for an addict, you probably shouldn't go from paid to party to being in the service industry in downtown Toronto. Um, There's a lot of, you know what I mean? A lot of bad things can happen. A lot of, uh, a lot of temptation. Um, So we did that for a few years actually. And that's what I was doing before the thirst lounge, um, came to be. So I ended up blowing through the $100,000, obviously living. I got a beautiful apartment in Toronto. 
uh, bought a new car, was just living it up. You know what I mean? No real stress. And you wake up one morning and you're like, oh shit, like I can't pay my car bill this month because I, <laughs> I've ran out of money. Cause you're just, yeah. you know, it's easy, especially nowadays with the, you got the card, you says tap, tap. You don't even look at what you're tap, tap. And then one day the tap doesn't work. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, at that point, when we ran out of money, we were probably at the heights of our addiction. We were at working at this, in the service industry again. It was a very wild life of just work, get off, party, back to work, get off, party, back to work. Um, and that's what I was doing before the Thirst Lounge. And I had actually, I would say about six months before the Thirst Lounge was presented, I got evicted from my apartment that I was living in in Toronto and was, I guess, ultimately homeless, like living on people's couches and just trying to find a roof over uh, my head each night. Um, so it's amazing to look back to it. That was what? What? There sounds three years ago. So this was within four years. Um, we were down and out in Toronto, really not, not even not knowing what my next move was, not expecting a next move. If that, if that makes sense. And then it was, again, talk about life run good to, to go from that position in my life that was rock bottom to an opportunity of a lifetime that's propelled my entire life and is literally the reason why I'm here right now. Um, again, is that, that John Party run good, man? <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty sick. I actually built uh, go figure. It's per- it it ears are ringing. Oh, Bill's told me. Right now. Just <laughs> me. I, I just messaged him, told him, told him I'm, I'm saying I'm I'm telling I can't talk. I'm on a party. We're talking TL, so that's powerful. Energy's powerful. He's calling that's, in, and that's funny. maybe he'll want to. Cool. You may want to just uh, if he messages me, he wants to pop on. We'll say hi. But yeah, that was a that was crazy. That whole that whole plan. I remember with Jamie Staples, we were talking, had this idea, and then I was saying, Bill, you know, I think it should be uh, TL ten, not just just uh, Thirst Lounge ten instead of one. I think because like you know, thank it was you endlessly for that. I gotta thank it was, you. Yeah, it's an ambitious project, right? It's like the, the idea is great, the concept's great. It's the logistics are difficult. It's hard to get this stuff all organized. You know, it's too bad the internet. Like probably in five years, you know, be able to stream anywhere ten people on a boat. Yeah. But obviously, the whole concept and, and, and thought and just organizationally, it's well, like, it was a lot of work and undertaking. And I'm glad it happened. I think like I think. You know, Bill loved it and it was great. But I think like from a logistics perspective of all the time, effort, understanding yeah. situations, it was a lot to kind of string together. And and, and, and it's great because, you know, really looking at the punters pad, looking at some of the deals that in, in careers with Drew and, you know, Ebony and others that have come out of, um, you know, I'm missing them. There's a lot of people and a lot of yeah. great creators and, and people that are doing cool stuff. And I think most people would say it was a it was a very worthwhile, ex- extremely enlightening, exciting time. And now, you know, you guys have deals with America's Card Room, several of you. And, and you know, I think that obviously Bill in itself is just, he's an amazing, enlightening, interesting guy and nice to have kind of those some experiences and stuff with. So, yeah, I want you to tell me about that experience and what that was like start to finish, run that down. It's, so I think it's, it's, still so, it's still so crazy to even like be able to like now, like hop on the phone and message you or message Bill or message Jamie. Like that's still like the coolest thing in the world for me. Again, coming from where I came from three and a half, four years ago, it's uh, it, it's super sick. Um, so when the thirst launch came to fruition again, uh, in a bad spot, even to get down to Austin, um, I think Bill might have reimbursed the flights, but I think we had to get our own flights going down to Austin uh, for like the pre-meet and like to meet Bill and kind of get everything set up. I actually had to borrow $1,200 off my parents to even get down to the Thirst Lounge. So to even to even start that was a, 
we wouldn't have been able to if we couldn't have fi- found a way down there. Um, but it was the, the Thirst Lounge was a whole lot of fun. It's obviously a, a, an insane experience. We lived in lived in an estate. We had a pool. We had the yacht. We had we were living in the Virgin Islands. Um, th- I think the biggest thing was Bill is a very Bill is one of the most generous men I have I have ever m- come across, and he loves giving people opportunities. Um, with the Thirst Lounge. I think there was a lot of times where we where we either lacked direction or we kind of didn't know, or you had guys like me who literally didn't have a cent to their name. And Bill's like, go explore the island. And I was like, well, Bill, unless this got like free attractions everywhere, like your boy can't, like, what, what am I going to be doing here on the island? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of, I think if we had a direction where it was like, here's 30 things I want you guys to get through or I want you to do. Um, it would have been a lot more, I guess, functional or even to have like a business plan behind it, a way to kind of get some of the money that Bill put in back to him, like would have been good. But it was Bill was a very we were like, what should we do today? And Bill's like, I gave you the opportunity to figure it out. And we were like, we don't know. <laughs> it, 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 it's crazy. The prop bets, the stuff Bill does and just kind of like, again, he liked he just, you know, I, I think ultimately Bill really like he, he'll find things, movements, charities, or people and stuff that he likes or, you know, sees something in and wants to kind of uh, evoke that and, and, and give opportunity. And, and you know, it, it's, yeah, that whole thing was really, really cool. I even really, think, really exciting. And, and I think was, back to the first, like, 13, well, you were there for, like, the first, I was, even when I got down there, I was still a mess for the first, like, two, three weeks of that project. We were drink, woke up 11 a.m., drinking all night. You know what I mean? It was... And, and for sure, Bill at times must have been like, what in the fuck have we got ourselves into here now with this guy? <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> um, yeah. but it was, but, but I always have a lot of respect for Bill because I think Bill saw me continuing with the same bad habits, continuing with the same bullshit and ultimately about to, to fuck up an opportunity of a lifetime. And that's when he reached out and talked about getting me in with Elliot Rowe. And and I think for a man who didn't have to take any interest in me, didn't have to do anything for me, couldn't just let me run my course, boom, back in Newfoundland, back to drugs, figure it out. Cool. Thanks for coming. And he, he really gave me every single resource and every opportunity for me to do it myself. And then when I wasn't, he kind of pushed me back to those resources. Um, So I'm forever thankful for Bill I guess seeing something in me or not giving up on me that early in the project as well. Cause I think it, it kind of lit a fire under me where it was like, wait, if guys like Elliot Rowe and guys like Bill Perkins, like are believing in me and kind of see something that have a little bit of potential, I wouldn't ever want to let those people down who were there for me when I was at my lowest. So it's a very, even to today, like I'll message Bill randomly and be like, yo, I just got to again, thank you so much for, for everything, for everything that you've done for, for allowing me to grow I guess in his spectrum and then to go out and have the tools and the resources and the connections to, I guess, make a career or start a career um, in the poker world. It, it was, uh, there's nothing I can ever do to, to repay you guys for that experience. Um, it was, it say, yeah, save my life. Well, well, listen, man. I mean, yeah, that was, that was, it was epic. It was great. And I think, you know, the, you get the, what you want out of it. And I think, you know, the, the people that, Know, really pushed, really did their best, really, you know, wanted to be there and and make the most out of it. I think really got a lot of value and, and you know, it was a, a symbiotic kind of uh, relationship with it. So Bill, you know, knew. I, Bill knew it wouldn't be everyone that would, you know, take it, run with it and, and do what they needed to do to, to move on, succeed and that kind of stuff. So ultimately it was his, his, his project or his experiment 
was correct. Like he took, he gave people the resources and he saw who took those resources and did something with it. Well, and, and, and within this, there were challenges. There were things. Tell me a bit. Look at that gazelle. Look, I mean, so talk to me about six minute mile. Cause listen, I played soccer in college. Our test to get our gear was, 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 uh, two minute to two miles and 12 minutes. And it's harder than you think. And we, you know, that soccer, we, we train, we're ready. Like we're in college and, you know, in pretty good form, but this is I, like, literally, I don't know, man, six minutes. Like, you know, I'm going to go out and just rip a six minute off with cold Turkey. How much training preparation did you do? What it's was not going even, on here? It wasn't even cold Turkey, Jeff. This was, this was off. This was right after WSOP 2019. It was fresh off two months in Vegas where I was not taking care of myself. I was still drinking. I was living it up. I was eating good. You know what I mean? Right. So we came, we came off that and I saw that Dan Bill bet Dan Balzerini couldn't do it with like three months of training or something. So I thought, you know, I thought the three months of training was a little bit of a donation by Bill. And I was like, I was like, this is, this is bullshit. I said, I could do this tomorrow. So as soon as I said that fat train pipes up and he goes, bet you can't. <laughs> he just, he just wasn't snapped. Out of it. Oh, just immediately snapped. And I was like, why would you put on it? He was like a hundred bucks. So at this time, Jeff, I had about $890 to my name. Okay. My, wow. that, that's it. That was my whole net worth. This was, you, was, you, were, you were willing to close anything but die. Basically you were going to go, you would go to the hospital. If you that was to. it. Oh, I was, I was ready for it, Jeff. I was ready. So it started off. I was actually going to run it for $300 one-to-one, no odds, no nothing. It was just me, fat train, Casey, their 100 to my 100 each. And that was it. You were gonna wow for a couple hundred. You were gonna get 300. out three hundred, and at this point, Jeff, again, I had eight hundred dollars to my name. So I was thinking about almost like adding fifty percent to my net worth. I was like, hell yeah! And especially American money goes a long way up here, the north. You know what I mean? <laughs> goes a long way. So then it hit the it hit Twitter um, that I was gonna try to do it the next day. So obviously Perky pipes up and he he snaps. He goes fifteen to one, and I was like done max it out like whatever like 15 to 1 do it jeff i have no idea i was fat i was out of shape i was not running i ha- i'm not a runner i've never ran i'm not sure what was going through my mind those 48 hours that i was so confident that i was taking every and any bet and i was so confused that people were betting against me so what was your actual it. bet what was your actual bet you had 15 to 1 you had other side bets what it was, was the 15 on like how it much? was about it was about nine hundred and fifty of my dollars to about it was around it was around ten k. Okay, we're like seven point eight something like that. So I actually told I talked to Drew before, and I was like, I'm putting every cent I have on me. I was like, if I lose, can I borrow a hundred bucks? <laughs> Swear so what is this? This was a test test met, test. Test so we went, we went that day when I secured the 15 to ones just to test lap to see, get one. So I wow. did one minute, lap. You did that in a minute 13? Minute 13. That's pretty quick. So now you know you got a shot because like that, they are in good shape. If you, you can do, you got a little time to spare there. You got a minute 30 a lap. So now, you now Jeff, as, as confident as this face is at this moment too, yeah. I was like, holy shit, that is one lap. And I, my heart was coming out of my chest. You know what I mean? The legs were a little bit, a little bit jelly. But even when I asked Drew, for the hundred bucks, he looks at me for a minute and he goes, I don't think you're going to lose. He goes, yes, but he goes, I don't think you're going to lose. And I was like, hell yeah, Drew. Like at least somebody thinks that, you know what I mean? Everyone else was like, not a chance, zero. Then my girlfriend at the time was like, babe, if you can back out of the bet or buy it, I really think you should. And I was like, why is why does nobody think that I can do this? And it just, Jeff, the tweets that came out, I've never been more fired up to accomplish something in my entire life 
due to the sheer amount of doubters that I saw on Twitter. And and Forsyth, where did he? He didn't think you could do it, right? He was very, very adamant that Hart was overrated, and a random two hundred sixty-five pound guy who didn't run would not be able to do this. We also ran into a girl, this girl here, who was just on the track, just running. She was training. She literally kind of got like, "What are you guys doing?" Blah blah blah. We talked. So I asked her. I was like, "Do you think this is possible?" And she looked at me, and she kind of was like, <laughs> "She goes, I'll be honest with you. She goes, if you're crazy enough, you can do it." At that moment, I knew there was no shot, unless my heart stopped, that I would not get this in under six minutes. Wow. wow. She said, if, if you're crazy enough, I was like, girl, I'm fucking nuts. So we're going <laughs> to. And, and here, so Maddox, he bet against you. He, he did. So right now, we're, we had exactly a minute and a half for the last lap. I also was running to uh, Work Bitch by Britney Spears um, in my ears. That was the song of choice. And Brandon had the laps timed out for a minute and 25. So at a minute and 25 into the song, Brandon would come over my ear pods and be like lap one. And then like, he'd do that again for like lap two. And then at the end, it was like, he did the end. I didn't know he did this, but it was like 45 seconds. He was like, John, 45 seconds. Run, motherfucker, run! There's a, there was like there was more than a 0% chance you were going to have a heart attack, right? I mean, this was like you were pushing. That's why it. my mom didn't want me to do it. She goes, John, right. she goes, she goes, I'm not doubting you. Like, I, I think you will. She goes, but you will. I know that you'll push yourself to an unhealthy limit to do it. And I was like, you're damn right I will, mom. you damn right I will. Wow, the team running with you is Matt. So Matt, at this week, how much did Matt bet? Like, he actually looks like Just he wants 100. you to do it. Just 100. Okay. So he's yeah. got a root for you. It was Holy Bill, shit. Kevin Martin, and Kevin Martin's buddy that I secured 15 to 1. You Five, did it right. 59, Dude, that's insane. It almost looks – it looks scripted. You know, like if you got it six – so like six minutes and like point oh, like what would yeah. happen? Was this you lose? I would have, I would have been broke, and I it would, it would have been still good content. I think. Yeah. Everyone, everyone at the track, Jeff, got it, got the stopwatch within half a second. It was five fifty nine point three zero on. It was madness. This girl is just like I. This is like the times. Like we have, we don't even know these people. Like we were just timing, but this point was scary. Yeah, because this is where you're, yeah, your belly I couldn't breathe. Bad. I was hot and I kept like kind of coming in and out like of consciousness. And I was like, oh my God. All I was thinking was, mom is going to be so pissed because I'm going to die here and she's going to be so right and she's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> if you die and there's a drone shot too, it's tough. They got all the cameras, like everything's, it's you know, it's scripted for greatness, but you do, there is. Yeah, this is serious shit. So what happened after this? How long did it actually take you to kind of get out of there and recover? And to get, get out of here, I'd say about 25 minutes to a half hour because I knew I needed to get out of the sun. This It was so friggin' hot, Jeff. It was, I, and I'm a big dude. I don't do well in heat. Yeah. I don't do well in heat. And it was the yeah, hottest. You're Newfoundland. You're Newfoundland. Newfoundland. You yeah, cold. I wish I could show you outside. We're like, we got like three feet of snow in the last like yeah, two days. <laughs> your, your, you're probably better off to run a six-minute mile there. Oh, here. without a, without yeah. a doubt. Give me you some more and, and puke. And you do, what do you think? Could you do five fifty for your life right now out of the door? If like, or do you think are you better off for this or worse? Are you in better shape now? Like, or, or I what? went. So I spent two days shoveling, Jeff. I spent two days shoveling. I realized, and I I always think when I'm when I'm panting outside or doing something that doesn't Dude. require a bunch of physical activity, I'm like, how in the fuck did I run that six minute mile? Can they pony up some uh, some money for a massage? Can someone get yeah, literally like where's your teacher? They got you on your left left yeah, on this was about 45 minutes. And I had to go to the floor because I thought I was I thought I was I was like, I don't know what's happening to my body. 
I mean, there needs we need to chip in. We need to pony up and get you some some help there. Get you. I'll tell a, you what. The first or something like get you get this man some electrolytes. The first thing I said was, "We did it." Fuck everyone on Twitter. That was the first. That was my first. This is beautiful. This up. really is. It's all, it's all time. Like these are one of those things where you know you just get to have it. For, and see that we had the continuous uh, drone shot. So we had the drone showed the exact time from start to end continuous. It's almost impossible. It really is. It does seem it's like it's too good to be true. I mean, this it's is insane. this is like this is big deal, man. So we're very, very cool. I don't want to see that. Heart is not overrated. Heart is not <laughs> overrated. That, that is that is amazing. Now tell me what out of all this, the 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 streaming, the the, the experience, what was like your favorite part and the worst part of all this? Because you know, it, it was you know, it was it was an elaborate project, and obviously the dream would be to just be go on the boat every day and stream and you know Gee, whatever. Amazing. But that's not that's not obviously how. There's only so much bandwidth there. It's like spotty. I've done it. I've streamed several times. A couple times it was cool. Sometimes it was not good um, or whatever. But you know, all all in all, give me give me kind of a recap or of your experience there. Well, I think it's funny. Bill's tried to do two projects uh, down in the Virgin Islands. I think one was bobsledding. The other was an internet-based project. So I, f- I feel like subpar place choice for a bobsled training and for uh, and for an internet-based right. project. Um, but it was amazing. Uh, obviously, I had a lot of growth uh, throughout that experience. Um, I'm, I've, I've met some lifelong friends who are now colleagues um, that I still am very close with and contact with every single day, uh, would do anything for. Um, I think the best part was the, the catapult into the poker career. Um, the, the opportunities, the people, the networking, um, just the experience of waking up every day and looking over, over the water. It's almost impossible to be stressed or be sad or be, it's just paradise and waking up every morning with ultimately no responsibilities besides go create content, go have some fun, go do things. Um, it's something that a lot of people, one, don't have the, don't have the privilege to be able to do and others don't ever have the opportunity to be able to do. So to have a year off where ultimately we kind of just lived life you know what i mean was uh was fantastic the worst thing was i think not having everybody on the same page that was there i think people were there for different reasons um people wanted more or less out of this situation um and and there was a few there was a few headbutt moments uh, in the thirst lounge where uh, some personalities butted heads and it was kind of like big brother where you know, there was no escaping them you know what I was I mean? say, you must have been the most prepared or equipped for that situation without a doubt like yeah, this was like a this was like a field day. The other one, you're on camera twenty four seven. You don't get to talk or do anything here. You're like it's like it's almost like a Big Brother vacation, right? Like you're it's, in paradise, you're going boat. You got cool people. You can go in and out if you need. You can do what you want, and you're you're now having to interact and live with people, but nice conditions and and, but the and worst not. Thing was, like, I yeah. couldn't I couldn't send them home, Jeff. If we didn't if we didn't. You know what I mean? That was that would have been <laughs> an interesting. That should have been that could have been cool to have eviction. That's what, me, eviction. me and Drew talk about it, Jeff. And we were talking wow. about I think it would work well if we did like a thirst lounge coaches edition. Kind of like went down a same spot. Drew took a team, I took a team. We kind of compete and like maybe each week some like competition based, someone gets sent home. You know what I mean? That kind of then you got the coaches, maybe at some point the coaches enter the game too and they can get zipped out of there. Yeah, shout, shout out to Elliot Rowe, man, because I work with him. I've used him for several years and guy's a legend and you know, just take off good things about him. He just gets results. Like there's just like some things just it just he just gets it done. Like I've seen it just him resonates with you. Yeah. The way he it's just his mind his mindset and his mind process and how he orchestrates his life. It's it's so it's so mind awakening. 
He takes stuff that's like kind of obvious or in front of you and then just like really breaks it down clearly to make you almost be like, wow, I'm a fish. Like that's like, of course, this is what I need to be doing. And that's powerful because like it's hard to get feedback, honest feedback, clear feedback. And um, he's very, uh, what's the word? He's very, very decisive. You know, he he just makes it like he doesn't really... He just kind of shows you the path and, and yeah. let's it's like, here it is. It, it, it's yeah. almost like you're, you're a deer and you know, there's a bunch of lakes around, but you're caught, you're in the bush. You know what I mean? You can't see over the bush. You're kind of just going through the bush, trying to hoping you get water. And Elliot comes in and shows you the exact path to, to each lake kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it was, I, I forever blessed. I mean, Elliot's still talking a nice bit as well. Um, yeah. He's, he's got a course as well. He's obviously directly masterclass, baby. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a course. Uh, definitely would recommend. I mean, it's nice if you work with one on one. He's not it's not a uh, you know it, it's not cheap. And I was going to say he's a little bit. He, he's become a little bit out of my uh, out of my bankroll. But, <laughs> but the point is, he is available. He has great material, great curriculum, and, and availability. And, and there's a lot of coaches. Honestly, like that's the thing. Elliot's great. That's all good. There's so many people like this. Like if you can find some like a mentor or yeah. someone that you can whatever it is. There's a lot of people that you know you can get great results by. I think there's a bunch of Elliot's taught as well that he kind of has under him who would obviously be great. Anything you can retain from Elliot and uh, pass on is a valuable, valuable knowledge. For sure. Well, let's, uh, we got, we got a lot of questions we're going to get to here um, and not too long, but I do want to, I do want to from there talk about poker quickly in ACR, what it's like for you to be signed. What does that mean for you to have a sponsorship? And I know those guys very well, um, Phil, course one guys really love poker they're really i love the i love the group they're they're i had nothing but great things to say so tell me a little bit about your experience with them and and what it was like to now have an ambassadorship with poker what does that mean well well, it all started it actually again thirst lounge again we made that deep run in the venom um on the thirst lounge channel and we were it was the middle of the stream and then brandon passed me the phone and i said hello he goes he goes john it's phil Nagy. And I'm not going to lie, Jeff, at that point, I had no idea who Phil Nagy was. Had no idea. I, no. Again, very new to poker. No fair, idea. Fair enough. So, you know, he, he went off, says, did some Phil Nagy, said, you know, ACR, CEO. And he said, we want to bring you down to the cage. So I was like, oh, shit. Like, here we go. So spent the, the whole first night in the cage, uh, me and Phil, you know, tossing back a few cold ones, having a laugh. And, and I told him at that point, I said, just so you know, I said, I'm going to be your biggest streamer within the next five years. And he was like, shit. He's like, he's like, all right. So me and Phil stayed very close. Um, after the thirst lounge, me, Drew and Ebony got together. Um, and we reached out to Phil and we said, you know, we obviously we were tight from, from the cage experience. He did a lot of things with the thirst lounge, giving us venom tickets and stuff like that. So we, we had an idea to do kind of our own kind of spin off of the thirst lounge um, and that was their idea to kind of uh, take players under our wing, have challenges, give them a bankroll and see and kind of see what happens. Um, so as soon as we decided that COVID hit, um, mm-hmm. so we we changed it from an in-person thing to an online. So we got together each week. We did streams. People were competing, bankroll challenges and that, all that kind of stuff. Um, so Phil and ACR hopped on board with that. Um, so that was our first time really working with ACR uh, and working closely with them. Obviously, throughout that, we we learned how amazing Juan, Phil, their whole team was, how excited they were about poker, and how they how they operate their business. They're they're the first poker site in business that I've seen. And again, there's like like again, you're with Party Poker, correct? Party Poker is phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal as well. With the 
doing what's best for players and what's best for the game. They're not a they're not a company that is profit, 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 profit. They're a company that says, how can we grow this game? What can we do to make this a better experience for the people playing on our site? And their passion is second to none. So realizing this, there was no there was nowhere else I would have rather been uh, them with ACR. Um, I also love how you know Phil, he, no filter. You know what I mean? Phil is the most the most down to earth kind of buddy buddy CEO. I think you'll see across across any platform. For sure. um, so, yeah, so I, I, I'll, inter- I'll just interject on that. Like I said, I, I've been out of the cage sometimes. I have a very good relationship with Phil. One, I like them. I like what they're doing. And also the reason when I left stars and I went to, um, and again, nothing as poker stars. It's like, a, you know, the, the, yeah. it was the biggest and they're very corporate, right? It takes a long, you want to, you want to do a thirst lounge. You want to do a stream boat. It takes six months, eight months. I got to sign sure. off. I got all these lawyers, all these things. The Lawyer, thing that yeah. I liked about party, you know, and Rob, who also similar, uh, those, I would compare Rob and, Still in that sense that they a lot of respect for Rob. They're, a lot of they're respect. very, they're very, they go for it. They just like, they like an idea and they go for something. They just get it done quickly. And in that, so like I would compare, those are the two, you know, my experience so and, and GG as well, making moves, shifting it up and moving on for the industry. You know, it used to be just on Twitch stars and, and it was like, yeah. we would just host and recycle. And now, you know, party as a team, ACR as a team, GG as a team, it's nice, right? That's how there should be. There needs to be competition within the industry. This promotes the best for the players. This gets the best, you know, they, sites can't just have a monopoly and do whatever they want and, and whatever. There has, there's like more growth and it's just good to see the industry, uh, you know, expanding, improving a lot of that due to Rob, due to Phil, due to people doing innovative things, taking chances and you know, bringing out streamers and all that. That's the biggest thing too, I think, is, is taking the chances and not being afraid to do something that they could lose some money on because they feel like it's best for the players um, or the game. Um, Phil and Rob, and I feel like successful people kind of have that mindset. Like I, I, I know Bill. Bill gets an idea, zing, let's act on it. I feel like Phil, Phil and Rob um, are that way as well, where they get an idea. If it makes sense to them, let's not waste time. Let's do it right now. Sure. Um, so, so like you said, uh, they Rob, Rob and Phil both, respectfully, are two, are two people that I think are extremely, extremely, extremely good for poker. Yeah, no question about that. I, I agree ex- with you on that. So um, and moving forward, you said 2022, you got some pretty big – Goals, aspirations. What? Where can our people? Can they see you? Are you going to be streaming more? Are you doing YouTube? What's your main focus? We got a lot of a lot of streaming hours, Jeff, coming in twenty twenty two. A lot of streaming hours, but also a lot of hours in the lab. Uh, this will be this will be the last. This was the last year for excuses. Uh, twenty twenty one. Excuses. We're always oh, we still going to work on our game, and we'll always have to work on our game. Obviously, like oh, like we'll we'll study these spots. Like no, like twenty twenty two is going to be a very. Uh, introspection kind of year and we're going to put in a lot of work in our game we, we want a little you know what i mean we're, we're a big goofy kind of personality but we kind of want to transition to a little bit of respect in the game front too you know what i mean we want to keep this character but we also want to have a little bit of respect uh, in our skill so that's not that's not easily done that's that's a lot of work a lot of dedication a lot of sacrifice um but we're excited to do it we're gonna also vlog um once a week we're actually supposed to be heading down to austin texas where i was going to spend the next five months before wsop but i'm not allowed back in america for an extended period of time for like three months because i've been down there for six months within a year span so i'm going to lay low here i'm going to get the the streaming boots on we're going to put in a lot of hours next three four months then we're going to go down to austin when i can spend a month there and that's when we're going to start our vlog uh we're going to start vlogging on youtube uh jonathan party on youtube 
uh, but we're also going to keep the streaming up three to four days a week. So I, th I think our niche is going to be the streaming 2020. That's going to be the major focus. Um, but we are going to try for a vlog once a week too, uh, out playing some live. Nice. So they can give you a follow here. So we said on, so you're going to get this rocking on Bang. this. Been a while. So you have, you have the channel set up. You also have Twitch and then you got, of course, Instagram and you've got uh, Twitter. And then we are going to, um, dive in again live poker i know your poker's new for you a couple sports at the WSOP, a couple caches couple runs charity win here is that the run up reno you took down yeah first? that was the that was a charity series first i think it was a 5k winner take all so that was a good that's a good little but this yeah. was my like uh, people chirp me and stuff this was my second second live series third live series ever i would say i've played less than Less than twenty five tournaments live in my in, entire career. Wow, that's yeah. So that's pretty. You're on the board. You're you're getting going. You're getting rolling, and it just takes one. And you had some deep runs, some big. What's your big? What was that venom? How did you finish in that venom? Uh, like I think it was for like twenty six k. So it was like seventy second or something like that. Was the deepest wow. run. Really it was deep. fun. It was exciting. You know, you get deep in the venom, that heart starts to go a little bit. You know what I mean? Crazy, right? Because there's people. The best you know, tournament. You, I love it. it. It really is cool. I know there's another one coming up, so that that is a nice, nice thing. And I'm sure we'll be we'll see you streaming on there. But let's uh let's dive in. Magic in there too. We got yeah, we got some we got some friends in the in the mix. People are checking in again. This will be live uh, reposted on YouTube. You can watch the whole vod and all the audio outlets. So we will have that. But in the meantime. Do you want to cover some of these questions? I don't know if you can see them here. I'm going to kind of roll, scroll, scroll through some of these. Well, let's just start with the man, the myth, Ghost of Venom, the legend. And sure legend. You yeah, the guy gets it done. He's just got a question. If you still have the famous shower curtain that you played the Venom in, if you could maybe tell us what that's about. I do not. And I kind of hope Bill's not watching. So that was, you know, MJ Gonzalez, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's who made the bet. He came over Skype one time and he just literally rattled off prop bets to every single person in the house. And I was, I was this was like cool. He goes, so I had to wear that sh that it wasn't a shower curtain. It was actually just a normal curtain that he literally looks behind me and he goes, he goes, I bet you can't take that curtain uh, off the thing right now. Wear just that for three days. And I was like, okay, like whatever, I'll do it. So that was the same time the venom was going on. So. Like what I did was I took the hooks. So I put the shower curtain, I wrapped it around, not the shower curtain, the curtain wrapped it around and I put the hooks like that would go upstairs, just hooked them into the actual um, curtain. So after the three days, the curtain was one, very smelly. Two, it had holes in it from me connecting it, trying to keep it up. Uh, and three, it was very wrinkled and whatnot. So I do not have that curtain. I just put it back up uh, in front, back up on the wall in front of the window. But nobody said anything, so maybe nobody noticed, and maybe it wasn't as bad as I remember. Or Bill just still had to come out of pocket for that curtain, and he just didn't tell me about it. So did I don't you? Know. Did you? But like, did the curtain get washed? No. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> You tried to save that story for a little bit of grace there, but there's no, there was no. Sorry, right. well, I'll have to check it out next time down that way. Yeah, next time you're at the house. Take a look. It's, it's the right. first curtain when you, it's the first curtain when you come in. Uh, the first one on the right. All right, fair enough. Uh, being from Newfoundland, where do you rank on Newfoundland money list? Congratulations on your success. May the poker gods shine on with you. Clairvoyant reads, my man Craig Leonard always dropping the the positive energy. So you, what, do you big words too. I yeah, so he, he brings the energy, brings it in. I do you like know it. on the Newfoundland list? Is, is that there, a thing? I don't know. You're in the Canada. You're, you guys, he's new new to the live streets. Look, he just started. He's actually he's he's making moves, and you know I, I don't know. Like you're you're on you're in. Does live poker is that part of your 
your next year's thing? Will that be? Yes, one hundred percent. I want to play live, and I want to start to travel. Now, the the plan is, Jeff. Obviously, my girlfriend now she's American, so. If we can tie this down and we somehow don't mess it up, my track record would say, I probably will. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then the, get married and then your boy can just travel the States, play every series. Wow. Obviously. You guys, I mean, you are hitting the holidays. You guys are getting right into it. So that's, you know, is that how are you looking? You, you want kids is, in the future? Is that something that, that you would like? You- I've always been, I've always wanted kids, um, but I've always been a, I've always been in the mindset where if I met my person, then kids kind of wouldn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like if she wants them cool, if she doesn't, that's cool too, because like that would be my person. But I guess what I want kids. Yeah. Uh, would I be okay without kids? Yes. As well. Very, All the same. Very. I was chilling with your kid and he's, he made me want to have kids. He made, I was out doing the all American Daves. We were having gun battles the whole. Yes. He's, uh, he's a good, he's he's a good shot. He's a good shot. He is. He's, uh, he's, a, <laughs> for sure. he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a lot of fun. It makes me want to have more kids too. I, I, it is a lot of work though, man. So get, get focused situated. Oh before yeah. Well, he had me tuckered out. He had me tuckered out five minutes, Jeff. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I, he's ready for me. He's ready to rock. He's always, he's always on. He doesn't really take naps. So yes, exactly. <laughs> we got a question from nemesis here saying, which ACR term is the religion to play every week? What's the one you just don't want to miss? Is there, is there like one, if you're online, you just, you're like, all right, I got to play it. The Sunday, that 109 warm up, I think is a is a can't is a can't miss. Uh, they also have uh, each day a fifty five dollar fifty k that runs every day. So um, those are two that I don't enjoy missing. Um, obviously, a little up there. You got the one k ape stalls after party uh, every Sunday as well for for the big dogs. A six thirty high roller lunch as well for those guys. And ACR is a bunch of uh, their their micro and small stakes schedule is unbelievable from two twenty to eleven dollars. They got some eleven dollar ten k guarantees, some thirty three dollar twenty k. It's just it's just uh, there's there's something for everyone over there. Something for everyone. Very nice. Uh, any other big brother players, except for you and Kevin and Arlie, would make great poker players? Is there anyone else that, who should take up the game? That is a great question. Um, my boy, uh, I think Adele Elseri, who was on uh, my season as well, he owns a Celebrity Net Fights boxing company right now. I think I think he would make a pretty good I think him and his boys play some home games and stuff, but I think he'd be a pretty good poker player. Very nice. Tic Tac UFO, he's here live. I believe Tic says, I'm a big BB fan. Who are your favorite past house guests? Some people have been really good and dominant playing. Big brother, mine are Dan and Evil Dick. Thank you for the podcast. You can't go wrong with Evil Dick. I'm also a big Tic Tac fan. I freaking, I love Tic Tacs. But um, my favorite big brother players, um, I was a big, I was a big Dr. Will uh, and Boogie fan. Those are some like OG boys back from like season two or three uh, of Big Brother. Uh, I love Kaser, uh, James Ryan, shout out, uh, Vegas local as well. Um, also a Janelle fan, I'm a big Janelle fan. She was a boss. Um, so yeah, those, those are probably my tops. Some gangsters, some OG gangsters. I feel like in the last few seasons, meh, kind of uh, kind of dropped off. Not many favorites for me there. Obviously, Derek played an amazing game. It was a little bit boring. Um, but that's uh, but yeah, those are probably my top. It's interesting, right? It's just like anything. There's a style, whether it's chess or poker or Big Brother. They, there's different styles and they can get it done, whether you're tight or aggressive. or Oh, you know, and, and he, there's so many other – like some people, you know, throw competitions. Others need to win them. Some play a very social game. Some just play a very – like it, it's, it's insane. And, and the different winners every season, different strategies. So it's, uh, it's cool. 
For sure. And we got a, we got a question from Ihor here asking Omaha, your best starting hand. Do you play any PLO or any other games? Or are you still just focusing on NLH? I'm still focused on learning how to spell PLO, Jeff. I, I'm not a, uh, and, and the thing is too, I, I, I don't have a grasp on no limit yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep it there for a bit, but I'm going to say my favorite PLO starting hand would be suited. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. All right. No, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> you, get, you get four cards and, Four or five, five cards. Four, four cards. Four yeah, cards. you can, you know, there's your answer. He's he's working into it. We're starting with NLH and then, you know, 2022, anything's possible. So let's but see know, what happens. I've decided I'm streaming this evening. I am going to play my first PLO game. I'm going to play PLO today. There you go. Wow. Look at that. That's, uh, you heard it. We got it. We got a flow show exclusive. There it is. He's coming in, firing Good to off. see you, D-Nice. Yeah, Dennis J. Sanchez asking, saying he's happy for all your accomplishments. And I also like to ask what age do you find poker as a dream job? And second, please, can we put things in good term? Willing to talk much love, JG and John. So, yeah. <laughs> Me and Dennis had a little falling out back in the day. Uh-oh. Uh oh. So, Dennis, no hard feelings, buddy. Uh, no hard feelings at all. Uh, you're a legend. I always appreciate uh, appreciate you being around. Uh, you're a good you're a good guy. Um, I don't poker dream. The poker. I guess it's only been the last few years that uh, it's even maybe this last WSOP that I really got. I loved live poker and I loved that competitive aspect and the camaraderie and the table talk. Um, I loved that. So I definitely fell in love with live poker. Um, I would love to be an ambassador uh, for the game uh, for a long time. I, um, do I want to be like the best in the world? Like that would be super cool. Like, am I ever going to be the best in the world? Like probably not. Like that's, that takes a lot of, <laughs> yeah, we, we had Bonham on yesterday, you know, he's number one. Oh, oh I saw that. So, you know, that's anything's possible, right? You that's something know. cool. The WSOP too. Like you can just walk down the hallways and like rub shoulders with Bonham and you and Dean eggs. And that, that's so cool. But next year, new venue too. I'm, I'll be honest. I love like, listen, the Rio it's, it's, it's got, it's nostalgic. So what I've known, it works the setup, but it's going to be interesting to see a new, new kind of like a fresh face and start to it. So that would be, uh, be cool. Sorry, Jeff. How do you, um, how do you think? What do you think about the change? I think it's good. I mean, the Rio is definitely not one of the nicer hotels. Like I've that area, just like the parking's convenient. They got a lot of space. It's, it's the All American Day food set up in the back. Like I love it, but yeah, I think this new one's gonna have like four hundred tables in one room, and there'll be another separate area. It's gonna be like nice like more elegant and, and bright and just like, you know, spruced well, up. Feels, I think. feels good for the game. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. I mean, who knows, right? Everything's got its plus and minuses in life. And uh, I'm sure there'll be some, some maybe the parking is a bit and more annoying, but ultimately that doesn't really matter, right? We're talking a few minutes one way or the other, maybe just have to get dropped off yeah. or do something. But either way, like, you know, it's, uh, I think it's good. I think change is usually, yeah, it's good. It's just, are they right. tearing the Rio down? Did I hear that correctly? Thought so I thought so, but I I don't know either. I think it was bought. I heard something about a sports venue or something. That's about, right. Yeah, I heard that as well. I don't know. I mean, that, listen, Vegas is now getting uh, the what NFL, NHL, probably an NBA team would make sense, and you know maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe they build an arena there or something. That'd be pretty cool. It's a good location. Yeah, right. Definitely for sure. Um, we got your favorite tournament format. Are you, you like knockouts? Do you like turbos? Regular vanilla? I'm a big knockout guy. guy. I like that. In, I like that instant money. I like that instant money. It is nice. It is nice. I'm with you on that. Favorite thing to do in your downtime? What are you doing when you're not poker, contenting, went running six minute miles? What are you doing? I enjoy. I enjoy. You know what I mean? Getting the boys together, heading to the heading to the pub, watching some sports. Um, also, spend a lot of time with my dog uh, whenever he's around. So it's a pretty it's a pretty low key life though outside the uh, outside the streaming. Um, and the playing now got a, like I said, new girlfriend. So that's going to be very up there on the, uh, 
What does she yeah. think? What does she think about this whole poker dream, being a sponsored player, traveling around? Like, is she? Does she know she, poker? Does she get she's, it? Or? She's been playing for ten years, I believe. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so she's she's a lot better than me, uh, Jeff. She's cash games though. She's a lot better than me, so I'm very excited as well to oh, not cool. only. Not, she's cool. she's a fucking cool girl too. Like it's not only just spending time. I feel like I have so much to learn from her too. So it's definitely again that John Party luck running deep, Jeff. That's running, running <laughs> deep. That's running beautiful. Deep. But Is it cool. my first experience with like a, a poker girlfriend too. So it's kind of be cool to have someone who you know understands the highs, the lows, the grind, the the times, right. the sleep right. schedule. Right? Yeah, the, the, my wife's results oriented. You know, I lose kings to a seven off for a hundred big blind pot, and I'm out. And it's like you know, it doesn't matter, right? She's results oriented, <laughs> like. It's just results. So, like, it's nice yeah. if someone that kind of can understand a bit about, like, how it's going or if you're, you know, For whatever, sure. you talk a bit. Now, yeah. there's a fine line. I think there's, like, at some point, too, you don't want to talk poker all the time. So, it's, like, it's a mix. But you're kind of, like, you know, you're a baby in the game. So, and, and if she may, it, it just depends. Like, that's important, though, yeah, as a yeah. couple. You, know, you have to find that, like, happy medium and, you know, and figure it out. But whatever. We'll figure it out. I got confidence in those. I like your chances, man. I think your social right, butterfly yeah. and your high EQ. So you guys will get it done. Um, yeah. it, I, as a grind, asks if it is easier to win a big brother or a 100 man poker tournament. What would be your calibration <laughs> for winning how many people in a poker tournament to winning the, the 16 person big brother? Let's do it that way. I would say for me personally, easier to win big brother because I think I'm far more skilled in the social game than I would be in a statistics uh, and, and, and poker game. I, so I would say, but for the majority, I would say it's easier to lockbox a hundred man game than it is to win big brother. But if that's a 180 man game, 200 man game, I think then we're, then we're a little bit, a little bit closer. Okay. That, that seems, that seems like a, it makes sense in my mind. Um, who thought about the ACR intro YouTube? I'm not, I actually am not exactly sure what the reference is or like a stance. That I, I've seen some of the stuff I do scroll through, but I don't know specifically, is there like a set intro now? And is this oh, something like Hunter's a cool? pad has a pretty sick, pretty sick intro. You should, check, you should check pretty sick intro. That was um, actually our producer. Uh, it was Melanie Moser's friend, um, Summer. Her name was. Uh, she was our producer the whole time. The Punters Pad. It was a. F- she had phenomenal vision. Um, she was an amazing person too. So uh, to get to work with her a little bit and to execute some of the ideas that she came up with um, was a whole lot of fun. And I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, that come 2022 WSOP Punters Pad Two might be happening. Wow. Very nice. That's exciting. That is that, that I love these kind of like content poker house sort of things. Is this is this the intro? Is it here or is it like a custom let me, thing? Let me see what you see. This looks like this looks like it's like a maybe it maybe it's like this part. It comes we do like a cold open and then like our, yeah. our, our standard open. Okay, yeah, maybe this would Yeah, this is the one. All right, let's take a look here. Oh shit. I'm gonna kind of like the the house tour, like the characters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like it. What is that game there? Oh, that's top golf, golf or not golf? Yeah, train got a Jimmy rig. He has like thirty games on there. I mean, rocking the yoga, right? Character, nice. Oh, takes one for the team. <laughs> nice. That's, pretty, nice. that's good, right? Very nice. I like it. I like it. I like it. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. I love it. I love it. Very cool. So, okay. So there it is. Who, so that was, you mentioned Melanie, who was legend. I work with her back at poker stars. She's so great. She's great. 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 What she does. Really is really, really, really is good. Um, so shout out to Melanie. All right. So 
Let's see. Let's take a few more here, and then um, we'll do the giveaway. Let's see. Oh, streamer pad. You're talking about that another ACR streamer pad. Yes, your punter's pad. Yeah. That is in the works, potentially. I want it again. I want content. I would do this for the rest of my life, Jeff. I would just live in a house, people. If I had a production team, I would love to get film all the time and just make content. That's it's so fun, fun. Man. I'll tell you what, like I, I was talking about this the other day and, you know, like Gary V, right? Like he's like the ultimate human highlight reel and yeah. he's got a team of like 40 people, but like that's the ultimate is like when you can just kind of like do whatever you want to do, whether it goes yeah. by your day, stuff's getting whatever, and then it gets repurposed because the problem is it's like, it's like even that the, doing the content for YouTube, you know, it's like you you get the footage, someone can edit it, but then it's like the thumbnails, the, the thing, yeah. where does it go out, the wording on the socials, the clips, like all this stuff, there's all these things that can be done. So you need... Oh, you kind of need a full team and you know, it's and if a, you don't and you're just starting out, like it's, I think people underestimate the time that, that, that takes from the editing yeah. to even the thought process of even putting together a vlog. It, it's, yeah. a, it's a insane. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've, I've worked with Vadrin for five years now. I got Marco. Great Gold, guy too. I got, you know, Oliver Biles, three, three amazing people and some other help as well. But even then it's like, my dream would be, cause it's like, even like this, it's like, I love doing the podcast stuff, but then I would, yeah. in terms of getting the clips and getting the stuff, you know, you, to go through, you got to have it like organized in a way or else it's like, you have all this great content, but it doesn't get no, no story, like, no direction. No, no like cause I, my idea too is like, you know, like on ESPN or, you know, whatever, let's take you away for champions league. I don't know if you fall yeah. soccer. It doesn't matter what, but like these major brands, they tag, they'll have like, all right, here's all our LeBron clips or things. And then if something's yeah. relevant or, you know, like for poker, it's like, all right, chance corner wins a bracelet. Like I've done a podcast with chance should be like, Congrats, Chance, or, you know, it's your birthday. And then it's like, I have a clip from Party. Happy birthday, John. Yeah. And it's like, organized, you have it ready, and then it's just like auto-releases. Like, that's that's kind of the next step, right? Like, you get all this cool content, even like Punter's Pets. Like, you guys have all this stuff. Not all of it gets used, but you have it. How is it yeah. organized? How is it displayed? How is it, you know, that that type that, of stuff? That was the biggest thing that kind of deterred me from vlogging. I literally tried, and it was like my first vlog, and I was like, I was like, no, bro. I was like, without a team, like I'm not. I don't. I don't want to be doing this. I think it's probably a waste of my time too, um, early in the game, and still a lot of other things to figure out. Um, but I think I'm going to work closely with um, the team that ACR has hired for their uh, their YouTube and that kind of stuff. So it's going to be a, a different where a lot of the behind the scenes work is going to be done by them. And I just have to focus on getting them content that makes sense. You know what I mean? For sure. And, and did so you, was, it, was it you hopped out? Did you skydive or someone else did? Was that, was that, that was train. That was fat oh, train. Yeah, yeah. That's sick. That's pretty I sick. Would never, have you ever done it? No, no. I, I, uh, I, I actually made a prop bet with bill, um, where we were, we were in Vegas and it was like, this was like 2013, but I was, uh, we were playing a cash game and then like it came up about like skydiving or something. And then I, I was like, I'm terrified of heights, but I, I basically, he bet me if like, cause if I just didn't do it, I had to, I would have to pay something. It wasn't the full, yeah, I yeah. Wouldn't have to pull, like the, it wasn't the same ratio, but basically it was like either I could jump off the stratosphere, which is 120 stories or whatever, or skydive. And I, yeah, I, uh, I ended up doing the stratosphere at night. And it was funny because like this guy who was, it was a, uh, we were playing the Ari and in, in Ivy's room, which is now uh, whatever. And someone was in there and they even like threw me like a couple guys threw me a thousand extra just if I did it. They're like, yeah. So what is like, what's that feeling before you jump? Like, what I, is I that feeling? Jump. I have a video of it. I couldn't, it, the, the release, like it, I think they go three, two, one jump. They, you, they don't push you or it's not like an automatic. You have I to actually, actually jump. jump, which is fucking nuts. So like, I I didn't do it the first time and then I almost turned back around, but 
I ended up just doing it like, cause to me, that's much more safe. You're like attached in three For places sure. yeah. than like in a plane and like, you know, that shit's I, 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 that honestly, so I don't, I would not, with the, but the plane is that even if you're like, no, you're last on and someone's done a hundred times. What if that guy passes out? What if something happens? That guy, like he literally loses consciousness for some crazy I reason. You're crazy dead. shit. Like people hit their heads when they go out. Yeah. And, like, you know, the planes aren't even like, they're like little ass young planes. Little things. You know, whatever. Yeah, and and the, the, the one I always hear is people, they're like, that. I've had numerous people tell me like when they're at these places, they'll see these like kids packing the parachutes. Like 10 year olds are putting the parachute in. Like the fuck? Well, like, Jeff, you just ensured I will never. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I honestly, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it for a lot. I, I, that to me is horrifying. So the, the jumping though off of a building is still pretty intense because at night you know you see the skyline it's of so huge like, oh, yeah. it's not a little building <laughs> yeah i'm gonna hop off this thing like yeah okay i'm connected but like shit man i, I wouldn't i don't i wouldn't want to do it again maybe i had a few drinks and that was fun and whatever but like oh, I, I would, once you once you get off it wasn't bad but that like actually like oh yeah go ahead you're good jump it's like that that is not easy and and i, I i'm what do you amazed. mean like good <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm amazed by the amount of people that um that like enjoy skydiving and that shit just seems like such a such a wild like situation like it's like not it for like me i don't want yeah. a good flirt i don't want to go flirt jeff but flirting with death is not a uh would you would, not, would you hop, what would you hop off the stratosphere or no not for 10 grand 20 grand 100 grand the latter potentially would get me thinking about it 10 20 is not i would now yeah. listen 10 20 back those times days i probably would i probably would have jumped I probably would have just jumped and prayed I landed all right with nothing right. on me. You know what I mean? That's right. you would have with, yeah, you would have, you would have free, uh, free. You would have been like 10K, John, to see if you can fly. And I'm like, oh, let's yeah, try it. Let's try it. All right, give me three goals. Take a couple more here. What are three goals you would like to accomplish? Uh, I want to get down to 225 pounds by WSOP. Where are you uh, now? This summer. 266. Okay. Um, cool. I also want to have 100 hours of study done before um wsop as well this summer okay what's your um, go-to study there's a lot of great courses i know you guys get a couple with uh with with um raise the third with a few you know raise your head i think learn pro poker do you, you have one in particular or what's your kind uh, of the one I'm, the one i'm using right now is the ape styles bundle obviously ape uh fellow oh, um BBC. fellow acr team yep so the bbc yeah. and, and ape does a great job there's great stuff you know there really is there's some great uh there, there's some great great there's a lot of great everywhere everywhere yeah important to pick one and just dive in and really you know the consistency and that's, i think that's what was one of my biggest blunders early was like even when we got all those resources in the third signs i was jumping back and forth between like well here's like lpp like here's raise your edge here's what they say here and i was just like oh my god this is a list a lot of shit to take in so when i finally settled down the last little while and fully um just settled into one specific program. I think it was a lot easier for my mind to grasp and wrap around concepts as well. For sure. We got a question. I think you did cover this already, but this is this Kim is asking, can you ask John if he still loves kick ink? Uh, <laughs> I do love Kiki and C. Kiki and C. There it is. All right. She's a uh, party time party. Well, we're John party now on Twitch, not party time streams. Um, but she, she's a, she's an OG in the old, in the Twitch streets. For sure. OG. What tip would you give to anyone uh, that is a relevant tip, anyone wanting to get into start in the poker world, you know, kind of looking back at since you're relatively new, again, would you looking differently and knowing how you kind of know now when you didn't know when you just like hopped in blind, what would you tell someone, like what advice would you give them? Um, one, have the money behind you to be able to attempt it um, full time. 
Two, um, put just as much time into your mental game and your mental state as you do your actual game. Um, and three, um, I would say don't do it for financial purposes. Um, I would say do it um, for the freedom or, be, or because you enjoy you enjoy playing the game because the money is if you're in it for the money you're going to go through very depressing i think streaks or periods of time where the money's not coming in um but in those times too you also have to practice some gratitude and remind yourself how lucky you are to be doing this for a living and to be doing this i guess successfully yeah, and and i, I want to ask you i think I, this kind of we maybe just skipped over this but I, I moving into the thirst launch from big brother so you had some money you mentioned that then, you know, kind of went fast. Maybe you're gambling, partying, yeah. spending, whatever. So it went bankroll management wasn't all intact there. Um, but then also like starting with Thirst Launch 10 something, didn't you lose? You, you mentioned you didn't have much money when you made the bet with Bill. But like, did you actually lose like 20K or some large lot of money right before Thirst Launch started? Um, you, that, you mean that, before? I, I, I didn't, but I went through about, I would say, at least a third of the 20K bankroll as soon as I got down there. Okay. Maybe right, like, like you know, yeah, like very. Yeah, that's a tricky no. one too, right? Because on the bankroll and everyone's kind of jockeying for for key times, and you know, it's a bit confusing and complicated. Yeah. Not super well organized and all. It's also an experiment to some degree, yeah. but like it's kind of tricky. Like you have a bankroll, but you also like you're competing on Twitch. You don't want to play interesting stuff. So it's like you want to play fifty dollars, twenty dollars things, or you want to take some shots. And that's what Bill. Stuff. That's what Bill wanted. Bill was like, right. "Why? Why is no? Why are you just playing <laughs> the two fifteens, the one nines? You got twenty k." And I was like, "Well, Bill." I've never played poker before. I'm not beating the $2 and 20 cent games, let alone the right. 109s and the 215s. Right. Um, but, but it's definitely, you, you'll, you'll never ever be able to do this for a living or full time, unless you're very, very conscious of your bankroll management. It, it's, it's literally impossible. Right. <clears throat> and and tell me about that run one more time. Did you actually, were you, when you were at like, we, we kind of, we watched it, but was there, when did you, did you know, like what percent chance did you actually didn't lay great odds? So like, if you don't, you know, listen, it was like, it was a split hair of a second, literally like was whatever. But so obviously getting 15 or 10 to one or whatever is amazing because like you're, you're probably like realistically 50, 50, 60, 40, maybe yeah, something like that is the true you. odds. But like, so when you're getting a great price, you have to do it. But really when you started one lap, two lap, three lap, you know, talk to me. How did you, what did you think your chances were on the day of and throughout that, those different. In, in Leading life? up to it again, Jeff, I'm not sure what kind of vibe I was on, dude. I was, I was so confused that people didn't think I could do it. I was mind right. blown. I was like, what, how, I, I don't know why my mind thought anyone could do this. That's where right. my mind was. Mm-hmm. So very, very naive. Some might say cocky. You know what I mean? Very right. ego, ego played a little part there. Um, but it was lap three when I knew that I, could be in trouble. I think I was, I think I was maybe right on pace or like a second or two behind. And when I tried to pick it up a little bit, my body just physically didn't. And I was like, Oh God, like I actually, I actually now, now is where it's, it's straight mind over matter. And I, and I knew, and I knew that. It, it actually is incredible because like, it's so easy at that point. Like even you could talk yourself the second you get a second behind or right yeah. on pace and you're feeling tired and it's like halfway or you still have another, you know, whatever you're kind of, you could easily just like the second you like start, if you like actually take a second and think about it and then like, Oh, is it even worth it? Or can I do it or whatever? It's just over. So like the fact that you were able to just kind of like dig in it really, I always say in these prop bets and things always bet on the man because it's just like, it's amazing that the, 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 what the body and the mind can do when you're motivated, you know, these bike rides to LA, other stuff, like there's crazy shit that, you know, 
stuff like that be possible like, it's like yeah it's almost like it's it's exactly it's really crazy so you know that's uh that's such a that's an epic epic story it's great that it's been documented video the oh, drone i'm so thing. i'm so, so happy so fun. That's, that's actually what i love most about podcasting streaming, and you and and vlogging because like these are lies are great members you don't know you might win a bracelet someone at punter's pad could have been the main event champ Either way, it doesn't matter. Like you have these memories, these stories, these moments, these things that you get to relive in 10, 20, 30, 50 years. You know, Never, yeah. around and who knows, you know, what will be on Mars or what by then. But like what either way, you have this sort of like journaling of, of sorts that's that's fun and, and you get to yeah. kind of live it. So I think that that's uh, that's cool. And that's, that's one of the great things about Twitch um, as well to have that that document experience. All right. Well, let's take. Let's take one or two more, and then we'll do this giveaway. And then I know you got a stream, right? You're going to stream today? I got today? a little stream coming up, yeah. I'm going to grab a nice. little bite to eat and then hit that go live. Nice. Um, do, so let's talk about recovery, like bad day at the tables. Obviously, some days, you know, you win a tournament, you go deep, you have a massive score, but a lot of times it's losing days or whatever in, in general. How do you kind of, like, when things don't go well, how do you find yourself staying positive, staying motivated, and closing down that table when you know – it wasn't your best day all like at the tables where, where, what do you do to sort of like get yourself motivated to come back? Um, again, I think this comes back to ensuring that you're putting just as much time into your mental state and your mental health as opposed uh, uh, along with your actual poker game. Um, for me, it's, it's usually, I try to leave. It's almost like not bringing your work life into your personal life. So I, I try to not, and I can't remember where I saw the quote, but it said your partner should never know how your session went. Um, by basing it off your mood. And that, that hit pretty powerful to me where I was like, that's so right. Like that's just bringing bullshit into real life when you're at work. So I think surrounding yourself with, uh, with good people, with spirited people, with people who share the same values um, and understanding and actually wrapping your head around, you're going to lose more than you win. It's uh that's just standard with, with the career. Right. Um, yeah, two things you love. Make sure your life is not poker. I think if your life is poker and you have nothing else that brings you joy outside of that, or you're or you're kind of stuck in a cycle of grind every, every single day and you feel weird if you don't grind, I think that can be very detrimental um for a sustainable career as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it's all again, keeping down the sun the fairway. You don't want to get too high when you win or lose. That's just like a good yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. You know, with your partner, uh, uh, your your girlfriend, your wife, whatever. It's yeah. important. Like, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to like be on tilt. Come out of there. Like, don't talk to me. Yeah. Or, like, hey, we won. Let's go. Fuck. Let's go. You know, out and fire hard, and you know, um, and buy whatever, and like just go nuts and like get get. So yeah, that, yeah, that, that is. It's easier said than done. Of course, we're human. Show a little For emotion. Sure. And, you know, it's gonna yeah. just be affect affect a bit. But yeah, I want to keep it as about as natural as we can. Is there anything yeah. else anywhere else? People should follow you. Keep an eye on you know. Do you, do you schedule wise? Where can they they know? I mean, follow yeah, you. we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have the 2022 schedule up on Twitch uh, pretty soon, um, and we're gonna try to play stay pretty consistent with that. Um, outside that, Twitter is used a lot, Instagram, um, YouTube, but also check out the America's Card Room uh, YouTube as well. Um, I'm sure we're gonna continue with the punters pad. I think there's two more episodes left to wrap up the uh, WSOP journey we all had, um, but I'll also be putting up whether it's highlight reels and that kind of stuff on their channel as well. So uh, don't miss that. That's, that's amazing. Well, very cool, man. I appreciate you coming on. We did load up this, this uh, giveaway. So we have 72 Come people. On. On the Who's it going to be Jeff? Um, I, bet their name, I bet their name starts with a P you think it's, you feel a P you tell me when to click okay. it and I'll do it. Okay. Ready? Three, two, go.
We're going for a winner. Let's see. This screen's bots. It does all the P, good stuff. And we're going to see it's upon uh, the universe. Up on that, a UP. That's close. Upon the U. That's, that is. There's a P, the second. Number two. Yeah, pretty close. I think you're dialed in. My man, I met this guy. Um, and, and a good guy. So congrats. He's going to oh, win nice. the dollars ticket. And ticket. he's won before. Some guys have all the luck. Really can really do it. But um, all right. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. When is when is the chance we're gonna see you uh next? Like what's the what's the what's the lie? What's your, your New Year's plans? Are you gonna be, you know, what are you yeah, doing? I I think again, we were supposed to go to Austin, uh, but I think I'm gonna stay here in Newfoundland for two or three months just to ensure that I don't get kicked out of America for five, ten years, that kind of thing. Uh so we're gonna stay here, put a lot of time into the books. Um, and yeah, maybe I'll do some lifestyle stuff on YouTube too. So stay tuned and we'll keep you guys updated. I love it. I love it. I uh yeah, man, I, I got to say this is uh, this is this is exciting times in the poker world. There's a lot happening, and I think there's you know it's it, it, we're upon a good era coming up. A lot of U.S. states getting legalized, uh, sports being it feels legalized. Like a boom for a is coming. It's feels coming. Like a man. boom is coming. It's, it's a little boom, a little boom in the mix. Well, we got a raid yesterday from CG87 while we we're live. I'm gonna send it to him uh, to check him out. Jamie Staples also on guys poker Staples. Give him a shout and a and a follow, and we'll uh, we're, we're gonna sign off here and and party man look forward to having a beer let me know if you ever get down to miami area and we'll i'm sure we'll connect soon and we'll have some fun i look forward to following your career your path and i always uh, enjoy your your energy and, and content and uh root for you man so appreciate Thanks for having it. me jeff man i appreciate, appreciate you coming on as well so all right guys that's it number 154 next week in the books we got 155 jeremy osmus 30 50k plo win great guy also we have got uh scott ball who won the no limit player of the year two bracelets and the and and he's been on before but we're gonna do with him and i got another surprise one for you some some uh firepower next week but we're gonna roll we're gonna raid we're gonna see you guys very soon so cheers thanks for watching and thanks to john much love guys all right sweet thanks for listening to this episode it was brought to you in partnership with party poker go to partypoker.com to play tournaments cash games and improve your poker game Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.